Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Kroll. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And today we continue our series called Codes for a Healthy Earth, Cultivating Peace with All of Life. The National Peace Academy's understanding of peace is shaped by the definition contained in the Earth Charter, which reads, Peace is the wholeness created by right relationships with oneself, other persons, other cultures, other life, earth, and the larger whole of which we are all a part. So for the National Peace Academy, building peace begins with the interdependent and dynamic interrelationships between and among all organisms and their surroundings in a living system. This requires that we actively strive to establish right relationships with Earth and its ecosystem. So what does that mean for you? Well, I invite you to take a few deep breaths, open your mind and heart, and settle into your essential wholeness as I introduce our guest. Dr. Dot Maver is an educator and peace builder whose keynote is inspiring cooperation on behalf of the common good. Dot is a co-founder of the Global Silent Minute and is a founder and board member of the National Peace Academy USA, the Global Alliance for Ministries and Infrastructures of Peace, the River Phoenix Center for Peacebuilding, and Garden of Light. Her work in education, politics, and grassroots community organizing is focused on applied peacebuilding, utilizing a shared responsibility and shared leadership model. She is a speaker and facilitator focusing on the spirit of cooperation and creating the conditions for a culture of peace. And hopefully, Dot will be able to ask that, answer that question for you during the, our time together here. Welcome, Dot. Thank you, Julie. It's a joy to be with you today. Mm, Thank you, Dot. And um, I wanted to read the long bio that just went on and on and on. And I'm going to encourage our listeners to go to that website and look for that longer bio. It is incredible. All the, wow, peace initiatives that you have created and sustained over the years, Dot. And before we get into your story, I want to just preface our conversation in a larger meme here. I like to kind of um, set our conversation from a perspective of a whole worldview. So I'm going to ask our traditional first question, Mm -hmm. which is, what what does all things connected mean to you? You actually uh, answered it in the introduction to this uh, interview, this conversation today, Julie, when You spoke of no separation. Uh, The truth is, uh, you know, in archery, how you shoot an arrow at the center of the target and it's labeled a sin if you miss the center, the oneness, all is one. Uh, As far as I'm concerned, I know in my heart it's the revelation and the realization of our times is that everything is 
essentially interconnected and interrelated. The truth is we are all essentially one, differentiated through form. So there is no separateness. And to me, that's the, that's the key. That's the starting point for uh, my own definition of peace, which is living in right relationship with self, others, and all life. Mm, thank you, Dot. That's one of the pieces that that I love in doing my homework here for the show is how literally your peace building efforts does begin with that right relationship with all of life. And I, I, I just am like all on board, like, yay, go Dot. This is awesome. There's so much richness on those websites and the work you're doing. But so why don't you tell us a little bit about you and your work? How on earth did little Dot Maver take the path of peace building and get where you are today? Mm. Well, there are numerous places to start, but I, my, uh, one of my greatest loves is softball and uh, athletic sports. And I always found that through sports, you really learned life lessons that apply to everything. And so uh, when you were just offering the, the bio, shared responsibility, shared leadership, I learned that uh, coaching softball in my early 20s at the varsity high school level uh, when I was teaching high school. And that served really well. I had no idea I would become so engaged uh, in uh, peace building, which at the time wasn't even a word, right? <laughs> so it only kind of became a thing uh, probably in the last 20 years that we all recognize and no more hyphen, one word. Uh, but the truth is that when I look through the lens of sports, what I see is one of the great opportunities, and I'll take us to the Olympics for 30 seconds, where there is such a thing as cooperative competition, competere, com with petere petition. We petition with one another to bring out the best in one another. We all rise together. And you know that well, Julie, as I look at your work and encouraging all of us to recognize uh, the non-separateness of life and work together. Mm. I love that. Uh, you know, over the years, I've had a, a couple different sports um, advocates on the show. And oftentimes, we when we get past the the what do I want to say the more public issues of of sports and mm. and fans and the pressure on kids and what have you and just look at the pure form of sports I love that definition of competition oftentimes there's so much wisdom there for all of us to really go deeper into who we are as cooperative citizens working together Mm -hmm. Yeah, no question. And that's that's funny that you say it that way, because I am forever talking about all of us as cooperators out here. That's that's our essential job description, cooperators. Nice. So how did you leave high school sports and begin founding several organizations? And, and I'd love to hear more about the National Peace Academy and, and some of these other initiatives that you've been working on. Well, in my 20s also, I and actually my late teens, I was very blessed 
in this lifetime to come in touch early with what I'll call the ageless wisdom teachings. And uh, the way I look at that is that's the, the truth. There is no uh, religion higher than truth, right? So uh, the truth at the heart of all the great religions. And so I took a real interest in, in all of that and realized that uh, I also had the opportunity to teach um, at university, which I loved and still love. I still get to do that at times as guest faculty. Uh, and realized that there was so much more uh, than meets the eye out here and really began a daily practice that uh, ended every day and does to this day with bless me into usefulness, lest I pass thy labor. And opportunities started to come to speak uh, and largely through the coaching community at first and to talk about motivating athletes and et cetera, et cetera. And gradually I found myself in a group of educators, uh, Nina Meyerhoff, uh, founder of Children of the Earth, one of my dear friends for all these years. Uh, she and I helped found GATE, the Global Alliance for Transforming Education, and uh, met uh, numerous other educators and kind of fell into the, uh, the knowing then around peace education and how Betty Reardon, uh, Dr. Betty Reardon, was helping that grow early on. But, you know, when you think about peace education and all these peace initiatives, while there has been a movement for peace for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, in terms of society and recognizing uh peace as its own dynamic, not the opposite of war or the absence of violence, woven through the fabric of life itself, that is actually about a generation old. And so to help uh, develop and define that uh, with colleagues has been one of the great joys of this lifetime. Uh, and in fact, when the United Nation opened a peacebuilding support office in 2006, and Paul Van Tongren of the Netherlands uh, and myself uh, were one of those early ones to visit it, it just made my heart sing. We are really recognizing the shift uh, that we have, have the cause to celebrate through the United Nations as that landed in 1945, that shift that we are still wrestling with. Of uh, It's no longer peace by force. It's peace through development and diplomacy. And that's peace building, creating the conditions that actually become causal to living together in ways that we want to, which is why I'm thoroughly going to enjoy talking about codes for a healthy earth as well. That work helps us move through into the realization of that living togetherness. Mm. Well, you also talk right before we go into the codes, you you talk about restorative justice. And I think that that's an important term too, just like I'm excited that peace building is one word, <laughs> just like you, mm -hmm. and that the definition of peace is not the opposite of war. So uh, could you just expand on what the definition of peace truly is? And then talk a little bit about restorative justice. Okay, so peace is an inside job. And one of the things we forget sometimes is that uh, no one can make us think, say, or do, 
or feel anything, in fact. And that may sound hard because we often get our feelings hurt, so to speak, etc. But the bottom line is we can all learn to live peace. I would say no one speaks about that better than uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, right? And I love what he says. It is uh, it is probable that the next Buddha will not take the form of an individual. The next Buddha may take the form of a community, a community practicing understanding and loving kindness, a community practicing mindful living. This may be the most important thing we can do for the survival of the earth. So when we recognize that we are cells, basically, of Mother Earth, and that peace begin, literally begins with me, it means that in relationship, first of all, with, with myself, I do no harm, and I strive to think, speak, and act aligned with my internal values. So that's a whole other conversation. What are our shared values? And again, why I love codes uh, for a healthy earth, because they're laid out in a way similar to sustainable development goals, only as a complete system, holistic system. But back to peace for just a minute. Whether we use the term peace or not, Julie, what, what is essential is that we really get it, that for me to be kind to another, I have to be kind to myself. Everything begins with me, and because there is no other. And so that, that to me is the absolute essence. And, uh, and Dr. Roberto Asagioli, he was a psychologist uh, it worked in Italy, and he taught us that I have a body, but I am not my body. I love my body, appreciate my body. I'm more than that. And he took us through each step until I have emotions, an emotional body. Thank you. But I'm not that. I'm more than that. Same thing with my mind, my thoughts. So who am I? And once we ask that basic Delphic question, who am I? And we begin to answer that, then we realize that that peace, that peace that goes beyond theory, that goes beyond talking about it, that peace that is realized through, ah, okay, so this is up now. Let's love this and let's walk through this with as much grace and loving understanding and loving kindness as we can. And that's all of me. <laughs> <This week. laughs> so, yeah, so that's for me, that's what peace is all about. And, and I used to say all the time and working with the Peace Alliance in particular, and, and when I ran um, a presidential campaign in the United States in 2003, 2004, and I would say to folks all the time, if we are not the living demonstration of what we are calling for, how dare we? And I, I put that litmus test onto myself first. But that, that's how I would speak about peace, candidly, as lovingly and directly as I can. And we have no time to waste, Julie. Look around. The, we're in the midst of an all-systems breakdown. They're on this beautiful planet. We're in, we're in trouble unless humanity can come to grips with how we create conditions within ourselves 
between one and among one another and with our beloved planet and all sentient beings, and I'm going to name the animals because that is like first and foremost, in ways that's, that truly reflect what we want, which I think what most of us want, at least, is a world that works for everyone. Mm. Yes, yeah, so there's that relationship again and and the the foundation of your peace building is really that right relationship with earth and all her inhabitants which of course is is just inherent in the codes for a healthy earth throughout so i dropped that word about restorative justice restorative and here's justice, another yes. yeah another yeah. prescription so i'm going to let you talk just a little bit about what that is and how you teach that and and why it's relevant Okay. Okay. Thank you, Julie. So uh, restorative justice um, has been around for quite some time, as as we know. And when I, I served as the founding executive director uh, years ago now, about nine years ago, uh, with Hart Phoenix and Jeffrey Weisberg and uh, Joaquin Phoenix and others to found the River Phoenix Center for Peacebuilding. And it's a comprehensive peace-building model for a community. And we work it as a co-creative emergent design process, like where we get drawn to where the need is, and then we strive to meet that need. So it's all about listening, learning, and then offering support, not the other way around. So with that in mind, what what surfaced almost immediately uh, for us in community in Gainesville, Florida, was the fact that we were invited into the criminal justice system at, to offer a, a class, an eight-week uh, class on communication and self-esteem that helped drop the recidivism rate for our youth. Within that, what we learned right away was that, wow, this is really about restorative, and I've, I come to call it now redemptive, regenerative, transformative, restorative justice. And you ask four questions uh, in a circle, in a restorative circle. So something happens that is harmful, right? And so you ask the first question, what happened? Second, what harm has it caused? How has it impacted you and the community? How do we repair that harm? And how do we ensure it does not happen again? So we need, and I, I use that word intentionally, there is a need for a big dose of restorative justice for planet Earth right now. There's been a lot of harm done to be able to name that, and I'll say without blame or shame, simply name, to have people give everyone the chance to tell their story, which sometimes is really painful and hard to hear, but everybody has a story in relation to this. And sometimes the stories are really hopeful and visionary. Sometimes they're not. To it, That's all in circle. And then how do we repair the harm that has been caused? And we do that as a community. We come to that together. We don't know the answer going in. And then how to ensure it doesn't happen again. It's a big, big question and process for us right now on the planet. Yeah, and it's a, it's a brilliant model. It, it, and it's so relevant in today's climate. Just like you said, when we're thinking about... Um, 
peace building, we often go to culture wars, we go to religious wars, we go to nationalism and boundaries. And, and what you're doing with the restorative justice is really bringing us back into that wholeness again, letting us heal from the inside out so that we're totally embodying our own sense of peace again. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Because, right, we are all human beings. And with that, it's it sounds so uh, pie in the sky to say, uh, as as you and I are are heard saying often that we are all one interconnected human family. But when we realize that it's like the trees, you know, underground, they're all absolutely interconnected and helping one another and talking with one another, communicating with one another, talking in their own way. That's the truth for us if we had the wisdom of the heart to realize it. So it becomes very practical, a very practical matter. And I've said for decades about myself, uh, I may be a a visionary who comes across as very idealistic uh, as I as I speak, think, speak, etc. But you won't meet anyone uh, who's a more practical idealist or practical visionary, because in order to get the job done, and you were naming, there's been, I've been blessed uh, to participate in numerous initiatives. We have to be able to communicate with one another, and we have to be willing to listen. Uh, Dialogue, deep listening, and respectful listening, not listening to think, for me, thinking about what I'm going to say next from whatever you've just said, Julie, but truly taking in what it is you're saying and then responding through that. That's a skill. And so our social emotional skills, when you talk about peace education, social emotional skills are a better predictor of our children's future than intelligent quotients. We're just realizing that. And so as we prove that to ourselves and as our children demonstrate that, it's time to bring social emotional skills into classrooms, into playgrounds, into parenting, into life itself, so that we really uh, learn to live through our hearts and connect, 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 not convince, connect before correct, etc. We could go on and on with some of those C words because we we do have this cultural habit of of really looking outward, don't we, instead of going in and and connecting from the heart. I just want to throw one more thing out before break um, for you, Dot, because I'm as I'm hearing you talk, I often will say, I'm just curious how you feel about this, that when we talk about unity and when we talk about peace, it, unity and peace is an expression or a result or a consequence of that embodied experience of our wholeness. Mm. And I'm as I'm hearing you talk, it's like, yes, you're bringing people into their heart. You're bringing them into this place of, of right relationship, understanding that interconnectedness, that interrelationship. And so I'm just wondering how that, how that, lands on your ear of hearing that the peace and, and unity really are that that expression and consequence of embodied express, expression, experience of wholeness. Mm. I, I applaud 
I applaud because whatever language we put to that, I, as I experience you, Julie, uh, in life, you are a demonstration of that. And when we are living that truth, then our definition of that becomes alive for people. And so I, I would say, yay to what you are saying. And I think right now through this crisis that we're dealing with on the planet, crisis, danger and opportunity, right? We are living in isolated unity. And if we could but realize that and work through that lens, uh, you know, because we're all feeling the pain and suffering even when we are not directly experiencing it. And and what's happening to one is happening to all of us. We're all in this together. So I, I would say, yes, absolutely. Beautiful. Thank you, Dot. I am Dr. Julie Kroll. I'm here with Dr. Dot Maver. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to really expand into the codes for a healthy earth. We'll be right back. Meditation channel. Non-stop meditation music 24 hours a day in the new Empower Radio app. Music to empower your meditation, help you relax, sleep, or provide a calm background while you work. The Empower Meditation Channel is interruption-free. Listen now with the Empower Radio app, free in the App Store, or listen online at empower.fm. Soothe your soul, calm your mind. The Empower Meditation Channel. Wildfires burn millions of acres across the country each year. And each year, wildland firefighters battle to contain them, but they can't do it alone. For some communities, it's not a question of if wildfires strike, but when. And a single ember can travel more than one mile. As it twists and turns and floats through the air, that single ember can find its way to where you live and can ignite and destroy your home or your community. That single ember can be just as dangerous as the wildfire itself. You can't control where the ember will land, but you can control what happens when it does. You can take action now to prepare your home and your community for wildfire. Get fire adapted. Learn what you can do now to reduce wildfire damage later at fireadapted.org. Prepare, protect, prevail. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Learn more at fireadapted.org. Okay, gang. So chances are there'll never be an emergency ever, ever again. Mm -hmm. But just in case, let's talk about a plan. Okay. So who's going to do what? Anyone? Uh. Yeah, okay, perfect. We'll figure it out as we go. So who is going to grab the go bag? What's a go bag? It is a bag we do not have that is filled with things we really, really need in an emergency. Guess we won't have to worry about it then. Ah, good point. So uh, we all know who to call if something happens then, right? I'd have to call Jill, Devin, Melissa, Karen, and Bruce. And? I will try to call all of you, but Greg doesn't have a cell phone. Dad's phone will have a dead battery. No doubt. And Julie will be on the phone with Jill, Devin, Melissa, Karen, and Bruce. Well, this is great. <laughs> I am so glad that we don't have a plan. I know. Winging it is not an emergency plan. Make sure your kids know what to do during an emergency. Who to call, where to meet, what to pack. Visit ready.gov kids for tips and information. A public service announcement brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. 
Hey, Dad, how do you throw a curveball? How do you build a fort? How do refrigerators run? How do fish learn how to swim? Kids ask a lot of questions. How high can you jump? But you don't have to know every answer. How many phone numbers are there? Because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. How do cell phones work? There are thousands of children in foster care who don't need every question answered. What's electricity? They just need you. What's the moon made of? For more information on how you can adopt, go to AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and perhaps listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com, where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also, stay connected all week on my Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. Get connected in one of my private groups or individual programs. I invite you to be a more conscious, courageous, and compassionate co-creator of the beautiful world we want to see. You can check out those opportunities at juliecrawl.com or goodofthewhole.org. And Codes for a Healthy Earth was co-initiated by Shelley Ostroff and Jan Golding with Together in Creation. The creation of the document was a collaborative process with leaders from diverse sectors in over 30 countries. The framework can be easily adopted by any group or movement as a collective compass for coordinated citizen-led action toward the healing and regeneration of the planet and all its inhabitants. Please go to codes.earth to learn more about and endorse the codes. You can also learn more about Dr. Dot Maver at globalsilentminute.org, also nationalpeaceacademy.us, and centerforpeacebuilding.org. And Dot, I didn't even allow you a moment to talk about the Global Silent Minute. Oh, my gosh. We should probably talk about that, and then we'll dig into the codes. Well, actually, that ties directly to the codes. You'll see our banner on the site in full support. And the Global Silent Minute is one minute daily of uh, unity through silence, silence as action, at 9 p.m. GMT. And it was started... Uh, during the World War, and that's a wonderful story. Uh, we'll see if we have time to share the full story, but you can read about it on the site, globalsilentminute.org. And in today's times, we have a sense that the power of silence is so great, and silence as action, when we come together, uh, two concordant thoughts, simultaneous concordant thoughts uh, increase the power sevenfold. Imagine millions of us. So daily, 9 p.m. GMT, and we are focused on global cooperation, peace, and freedom. Mm, beautiful. So that is the story of how you met Shelley and how you were introduced to the codes. I love that story. Do you want to mm-hmm. share it with our listeners? Mm-hmm, yes. Well, <clears throat> we uh, kicked off the Global Silent Minute of our time on December 21st, the December solstice. And in doing so, um, <clears throat> John Raymer of Sign Network was very generous and helped us do a wave, a social media sign wave. And between that and so many Holistic Centers Network and just so many folks supporting 
we, our outreach was millions and millions and millions, tens of millions. And so uh, Shelley and Jan were invited to be two of the speakers during a wraparound hour program for the Global Silent Minute. And I was uh, invited by our team, uh, which is a triangle of groups who founded the Global Silent Minute, <clears throat> to uh, present. I did a close to 15-minute introduction telling the story and the reason that we're doing it and how important it is in our times to come together uh, through uh, unity in silence and the power of that. And afterwards, I was uh, co-facilitating a retreat over the holiday. And usually I don't check email or whatever. And one day, about three days after, I was compelled on a break to look. And there was a beautiful letter from Shelley inviting Global Silent Minute to be part of seven days of rest. And so we spoke and we agreed to work together and the rest is history. Uh, we're very engaged in uh, all these common efforts now and the codes are very much a part of that. Yes, beautiful. It's a beautiful addition. And I, um, I was right there with you on that first one in December and then in January, mm. including it in the seven days. And it was a really beautiful offering for so many. So the one thing that I find most inspiring about the codes is how fully integrated and aligned the guiding principles are with the whole and with whole systems health and the, the codes cultivate this inherent relationship with the foundations of life like we've been talking about which really help nurture our capacity to live for the good of the whole and so that's one of the things I love about the codes when you mm. were introduced to the codes what struck you? What do you love about the codes? Mm. Yeah, thank you for that question. I I want to just read a short paragraph out of the codes, and then I will address uh, what what touched me immediately. The codes are founded on the premise that as long as there is oppression anywhere within the community of life, true peace cannot exist. To achieve genuine and lasting world peace, it is essential that we cultivate peace. And I'm going to put in parentheses there, right, relations mm -hmm. with all life. So that really jumped out at me. And I, talking with Shelley initially, Shelley understands um, intrinsically that basically uh, sharing, distribution, is the key to immunity from dis-ease. And dis-ease, an imbalance in the system, be it our uh, individual systems, uh, be it the system of the entire planet. And uh, for me, Julie, the definition of health is a free flow of spirit or vital energy through form. And once again, regardless of the size of the form. It has to do with this sharing and distribution. So the codes really spoke to me. One of the things that I'm involved with is a monthly uh, a thought stimulus and meditation practice in support of the UN Sustainable Development Goals. And immediately looking at the codes, and as you say, how they are 
present this holistic infrastructure, uh, one system, all systems included in one system, network of viability to move through these really challenging times into an all systems breakthrough, uh, is that when you look at the sustainable development goals, first time on the planet that all countries we had the millennial goals, right? And then the sustainable development goals. So combined, one following from another, first time on the planet that all countries said yes to work together to take care of this problem, that problem, the other problem. And, and in a way, when we look at that, dealing with one at a time through 17 goals. What the codes said to me is, Wow. Okay. So we're getting that there's an issue here and we need to work together with take and take an all systems approach. The codes offer a holistic means of doing that and they draw all the threads through together. And they say, it's we, the citizens of earth who are, who'd have to take shared responsibility for this. We can't wait for anyone else, our leaders or anyone else. We need to work together. And that has always been a premise for me. And I'll go back to softball for just 10 seconds. When I got it, that it's not the coach's job to play the game, it's the players who play and every player shares responsibility with every other player for whether they're the first one receiving the ball or whether they're backing up or whether they're anticipating what's happening three steps down the, down the field. That made a huge difference. So it isn't about uh, a, quote, leader. We all share leadership. And so, again, the codes, I, I couldn't get over it. The more I dove into them, the more I thought, okay, this is like what's, what happens once we land the sustainable development goals and we all get it that we need to address all these things? How do we do that? And the codes offer us a way through. Yeah, they really are a pathway to not only the sustainable development goals, but that pathway to peace and peace yes. building like you're talking about. You know, the, there's a couple of phrases in the declaration that are, are that I love. And of course, I love every word and <laughs> I love every word in the codes for healthy earth. Um, but this one is, I think, really important. We recognize that our personal, collective and planetary health are all interconnected and interdependent for humanity to thrive the entire planetary ecosystem must thrive so when we're focused on the health of the whole we really understand that the health of the individual is included and i would say when we understand the peace of the whole the peace of the individual is included there too can you say more about what that phrase might mean to you mm. Mm. well where it takes me uh, in terms of health is to do no harm and and when we look at the human body and we recognize that it's no longer about illness, which separates out a piece of us that that is not playing with everybody else nicely, we want to cut it out or chop it out. We want to burn it out. We want to somehow get rid of it. And the, the potential here and what I hear Shelley and Jan and now so many others talking about through the uh, language of the codes is that we actually can know health in a different way. We can, we can know peace in a different way. We can transform because we're, we're not going to get rid of anything. And we are not going to fix a caterpillar that is going through a chrysalis. We are going to seek to 
realize the butterfly. So it's a shift from illness to wellness on all levels, uh, just like peace is that shift from peace through force and all about no uh, the opposite of war and the absence of violence to, oh no, peace is a dynamic unto itself. The codes recognize that, and they recognize that our health is based on that recognition, that realization and right relationship. And the, the most recent piece, which I trust we're going to speak of also, water. Water, the essential source of life. And when Shelley and Jan told me about the water law proposal, I said, absolutely. Do you know that in our history, whenever regions, countries, etc., groups sign an agreement that for shared water rights, it's the only time, Julie, that they don't do violence to one another. They don't, they resolve conflict. And we, because they know that it's life or death for them, never mind other, we really get it through water, our essential source of life. So as we apply that innate knowledge and knowing water becomes the great healer on the planet for all of us, it's our, literally our source of well-being. I love that perspective. And I, I'm thinking about when we were talking about health on the planet, like right now during a pandemic, establishing health, like like understanding health is a unifying principle right now. It's not just this universal challenge that we all face. It's helping us to really look at what does that mean for health? And and like you were talking about water, it's like water's that unifying medicine that that brings us to the truth of who we be as one planetary body together. So how would you move, like perhaps I'll ask you this and then um, we could go in this direction, but how would you move this conversation knowing that the codes are here from our challenges with the pandemic, our challenges with polarization and, and whole systems breakdown and, and what's happening with the evolution of consciousness on the planet. How would you move this in a positive direction and using the codes? I'm wondering how you use the codes in your peace building work, how you're using the codes in teaching the SDGs and, and being with others and looking at restorative justice, all your work on the planet. How are you using those codes and how can we move that conversation into the opportunity that it really is right now? Mm, yeah, thank you for the question. Uh, and, and thank you for uh, presenting it in that way, because that is part of my answer. Uh, I don't know that any of us have the answer, so to speak, for anything, but we can all ask questions that draw that forth. And it's going to draw forth how we move through things, how we, quote, answer things uh, in group. And one of the other things that I really appreciate about Codes for a Healthy Earth is that over and over throughout the Declaration, it's about all citizens. Everybody has a voice. It, it, it isn't some people do and some people don't, or this group is going to help that group or whatever. It's everybody has a voice. So for me, it's it's about our story uh, uh, as humanity on this planet. And how do we do that? We know that in South Africa, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, that was a beautiful 
honest, authentic, often painful demonstration of real healing potential. And I think the codes have to be handled in a similar way. So when I'm talking with people about them, for example, particularly people who have not heard of them before, and similar to what you did in the intro, sharing a couple of the key uh, things from the preamble or, or some of the key concepts. And I say, so what do you think of that? What, what, would, what might it be like? Is that even feasible that we citizens of planet Earth could come together somehow and come up with a way to move through this all systems breakdown and become the all systems breakthrough? And from there, we begin a conversation. I think what you're doing is brilliant with these con- ongoing conversations with so many of us. I think the circle that uh, Shelley is calling, the circle of women, is brilliant. I think storytelling, we are going to find more and more strength in that. And this is a story that needs to be told. The story of our time, the story of the potential of Codes for a Healthy Earth and what that, what that could do, not just for humanity, Because the the other thing I'm going to say about the codes is that they really help us know the truth that humanity isn't here to utilize the other resources on the planet. We are one of the resources on the Mm -hmm. planet, Julie. And I don't think we've grokked that yet. We think kind of like we're in charge and animals are here for us and plants and veggies and, you know, the mineral kingdom and the oil and all that. And the truth is we are as much a resource, although we hold uh, quite a share of the, of the shared responsibility because we can think, we can reason, we can take our full share of responsibility. But that's what, that's the other thing the codes inspire in me. And so that, that ongoing conversation, the more we can get that out there and ask questions so that people have the opportunity to respond and deepen that conversation. Yes. And just bringing in the idea that this is citizen led and and looking at our story as we're co-creating a new story here on the planet. I also love this piece from the preamble, and I'm going to just read this to you. We affirm that the only legitimate purpose of governance is to protect and cultivate the health and vitality of the planet and all its inhabitants for generations to come. So as we're, we're really here to empower those listeners out there, we're here to, to say, hey, this isn't government's job to protect us. Government's not doing it, but we're affirming that the only legitimate purpose of governance is to protect and cultivate our health and vitality. What would you say to those listeners out there of what can they do right now <laughs> to make a difference? I love it. So here is my question to myself and all of us who are sharing in this conversation right now. And thank you for joining us, everyone. What is your starring role in the All Systems Breakthrough, in this story that is emerging on the planet that is taking us into a new era? Because we are not going to go back to business as usual. The use-by date is up on that. And we kind of knew that before this pandemic. Now we really know that. And we're still struggling with it a little. But the question, the challenge for each one of us, what what is your starring role? What role will you play? And 
whether it's through codes for a healthy earth and that kind of initiative, whether it's through your own health and well-being, whether it's through working with, with animals or uh, your family unit or as a teacher in a classroom or online, whatever it is, may that role reflect these values that we're talking about today and that we all hold dear in our hearts so that we make the shift on the planet from me to we, the recognition of group, the recognition of other, the recognition of we-ness. When you t shift from I to we, you shift from illness to wellness. So that that's what I would say. Beautiful. Uh, so I just want to remind our listeners to go to codes.earth and you can check out these codes for yourself. So dot, none of us hold the complete wisdom. We're talking about this going from me to we and, and wisdom lies in the whole. So therefore, we each bring our own unique piece, like you're saying, this starring role for all systems. We bring our own unique peace and understanding to the whole. So you have incredible gifts of wisdom, not only for peace, but for life and health. What unique message do you want to leave today to add to this important conversation before we wrap up this show? Mm. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. What I want to say is that every one of us has a unique contribution to make. That is a true gift based on our essential goodness, our innate wisdom, and our inherent value. May you know that wisdom of the heart that frees all of us into a full, blessed offering of our unique contribution, knowing that we are part of the whole. Mm. That's beautiful. Thank you for that. And so I just want to give us, we have about four minutes here. I want to give us a little bit of time to wrap this conversation about the Codes for Healthy Earth in the conversation about peace because there's so much happening and moving. We're going to have a Global Unity Week coming up in June of 2020. Mm -hmm. We're going to have a caravan of unity across the U.S. Um, what's moving in the peace community and are there is there an invitation for our listeners to get involved um, in any of your activities of what's happening right now? Yes, please. Uh, right now, as we approach June 13th, that begins the 100-day countdown to the International Day of Peace, which is September 21st. And everything you just mentioned, Julie, we're all we're tying it all together right now, which is a beautiful expression of unity and recognition of wholeness. So uh, you can check that out through United Religions Initiative or Unity Earth or World Peace Prayer Society or We the World, any of these groups uh, that are all playing to shift network. We're all playing together, uh, Codes for a Healthy Earth, around all of this. And the theme this year is Shaping Peace Together. And that makes my heart sing, because when we talk about shaping peace together, we're talking about shaping a world of right relationship with self, others, and all life together. That will be true peace. 
Mm. I, I'm just hearing, I'm like seeing everyone with this ball of clay in front of them, you know, <laughs> that we're modeling and shaping and, and really molding the future that we want to see together. And exactly. yeah, beautiful. Yeah. And along those lines, uh, if, if I have time, this would take a, a little bit like 30 seconds or so, but uh, I want to call Wendell Berry into our conversation here. Can I share his uh, poem, What We Need Is Here? Oh, beautiful. Yes. Geese appear high over us, pass, and the sky closes. Abandon, as in love or sleep, holds them to their way. Clear in the ancient faith, what we need is here. And we pray not for new earth or heaven, but to be quiet in heart and in eye, clear. What we need is here. Mm. Mm, it's hard to break silence after that. What we need is mm -hmm. here. Thank you so much, Dot. This has been a joy to just mm. be in this presence with you during this hour and feeling your your really big, big heart reaching out across the planet. And I can feel it right here in my little town in rural <laughs> Nebraska. So Beautiful. thank you for joining me. I so appreciate you and your work and your voice on the planet. Oh, Julie, back at you. And thank you for the invitation. It has indeed been a joy. And that's another one of my uh, things that I live by. Joy is a special wisdom. And you demonstrate that as well. And the work that you are doing, weaving us all together, bringing us into the, the connection atmosphere uh, for the good of the whole. Thank you. Mm, thank you, Dot. Thank you. Thank you. And listeners, again, you can find Dot in so many places. So go out and look for the silent the globalsilentminute.org nationalpeaceacademy.us and centerforpeacebuilding.org that's just a beginning and also find the codes at codes.earth so I want to leave you with the words of the codes and um, serendipitously Dot brought this quote in and I, it's worthy of repeating the codes are founded on the premise that as long as there is oppression anywhere in the community of life true peace cannot exist to achieve genuine and lasting world peace it's essential that we cultivate peace with all of life you've been listening to the dr julie show all things connected remember together we are creating connections for the good of the whole until next time i'm sending you a world of love bye for now